Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast, sponsored by Jolly Good Soda. My guest, I've got an Olympian on uh, the podcast today. It's Brittany Arndt from the U.S. National Luge team. And if you're not familiar with luge, it's what you've been watching on the Olympics all week. It's that sport with the sled on the skates. And it's terrifying. I got to be honest with you. It's also a ton of fun, but mostly just terrifying. And yeah, I do know that from firsthand experience. If you saw our video this week, uh, if you didn't, uh, I got to do the luge and I was not so good. Uh, painfully bad, actually. Uh, I don't recommend uh, having old fashions the night before you do the luge. Okay, just as that's a pro tip for you right there. I think I actually mentioned the whole luge thing before on the Cripes cast. But uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, a few months back, I went to Park City, Utah, spent a day with uh, the U.S. Olympic luge team. Because Duluth Trading Company, they're a sponsor of USA Luge. They're also uh, a sponsor of a bunch of our videos, and they're a sponsor of this podcast. Uh, So we released the Luge video this week, and if you want to check it out, you can check it out on the page. If you're like, no, I'll skip it, just just give me the long story short of it. Um, I'm really bad at the skating sled, okay? Here's what happened, basically. I crashed into the side of the wall at 40 miles an hour. Uh, And it was very painful, but at least I didn't crash at 50 miles an hour, which it would have been had I not crashed into the wall at 40. So, you know, always look for the silver lining. And actually, I think there's good life advice in that. It's if you know you're going to crash into the wall of life, um, do it at 40 miles an hour, not 50. You know, get it out of the way before um, a bummed elbow turns into a broken elbow. So there you go. I'm, I'm just full of all sorts of uh philosophical nuggets here on the cripes cast uh and you can tell by that popping that i'm still using my um my portable mic i really should find a windscreen for it that would that would that would have been a good task for me jeez louise that would have been a good task for me to do this week but i didn't i've I've been on the road we did uh, a couple shows tampa and naples we did a bunch of shows thanks to everyone who came out uh to all to those shows that was a lot of fun and if you're still looking to see uh us on the road um what do we have coming up we have salt lake city coming up and then uh denver and then boston and then portsmouth so would love to see all of you out there uh if you want those tickets you can go to cripescast.com charlie how do we get into a plug weren't we talking about britney yes britney anyway britney was right there in park city watching me luge she was very unimpressed you know, I was going down that course like a, like a wounded walleye, you know, going up a river. And it's a very curvy river and very steep. And uh, I had no chance of making it to the big hole. <sighs> it's a tragedy. That's a great analogy, though. I'm really proud of myself for coming up with that. Anyway, it was great talking to Brittany. Uh, she's not only an Olympic loser, uh, she's also a climate activist and involved with POW Athlete Alliance. POW stands for Protect Our Winters. So we touched on climate change and also her time living in the Midwest. She's originally from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. So anyway, we'll get to that interview in a second. But before we do, I just want to thank all of you for following the Cripes cast, leaving a comment. I'll read you uh, I'll read you a comment real quick. This was a nice one about the AJ Dillon podcast. Uh, it's from OMS James 124. What do they says here? They says, Charlie, love this interview. You made this interview feel like we are all sitting at my house playing euchre, having a great time. It's nice to know AJ is a down-to-earth kid, doing his best. I love that he is all in, living in Wisconsin. He seems like a guy 
you want to be around just because he's a nice guy, not because he's a Green Bay Packer. Thanks for doing all these podcasts. Tell your folks I says hi and watch out for deer. I will jump on that train and just say yes, A.J. Dillon is one of, the, one of the nicest guys. He actually, he and his in-laws, or soon-to-be in-laws, and his fiance uh, came to one of the shows in Naples. And uh, uh, we, we had a great time. They came uh, and hung out in the green room after. And uh, just the most down-to-earth people uh, you've ever met. And I got an invite to the, to the place over there in Door County. So I don't think it was just a Midwest polite invite either. I think I'm actually invited. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm definitely going to be bringing my fishing poles. I hope they got room in in their uh, jet skis for those. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you all posted on that. But thanks so much for the comment. Uh, and uh, let's see here. What else do we got? No, I think that's it. All right, it is time now for my interview with USA Luge team member, Brittany Arndt. Are you excited to slide tomorrow? Yeah, I am excited. Nervous. Nervous. Are we rolling, actually? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that'll be the start then. We're good. Yeah. Cool. So should I be excited to slide tomorrow? I think so. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do you remember your first time? Oh, yeah. I started from the same place you're going to go. Okay. Well, <laughs> you mean like lower than where yeah. the 12-year-olds start? Well, no. Yeah, you're going to go where the 12-year-olds go. They told me that I was going to start below the 12-year-olds for the first couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, what's that okay about? Well, if a 12-year-old can do it, so could you. It, that's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But they, I don't think they have enough confidence. I said some things yesterday that, that got me demoted from where the 12-year-olds <laughs> start to below that. So for your first time, first of all, what made you want to do this sport out of any other sport? Because you're from Oconomowoc, so you're from yes. Ocon So are you experienced with tobogganing? <laughs> I, I mean, like a little bit. Okay. But I, you know, like soccer is kind of big in that area. Yeah. Played a little soccer growing up. Wasn't super good at much. So when I moved here, uh, one of my classmates was like, hey, you should try luge. And mm -hmm. I was like, Okay, sure. <laughs> Had no idea what I was getting myself into. How old were you when you moved out here? Twelve. Oh, you were twelve. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and then how old were you when you took your first run? Twelve. You were twelve. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as a twelve-year-old, <laughs> uh, you're. I mean, did you? Not. No, I'm really upset. I'm starting below the twelve-year-old. I think you should that. push to just go from. Go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I'm worried about on the thing. I'm worried, frankly, this is my biggest worry. I want you to kind of talk my worries down if you would, okay. please. I'm worried I'm going to like go right off the thing and fall. That's impossible. Forever. No. Never. <laughs> no, it is. So it's impossible well, to go off okay. the track. Some well, people have fallen off the track. Yes, obviously. Like I've had crashes. So has every, like everyone has crashed probably. Okay. But, uh, but on your first run? No, okay. no. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to hit the wall. Okay, that also also sounds a little terrifying. You'll probably get some elbow pads. Oh yeah, I got elbow pads. Yeah, do you do you go with elbow pads? No. Oh, <laughs> the way she laughs is that like the equivalent of wearing knee pads rollerblading? I guess that... so. I mean, like I wore elbow pads when I was twelve. Okay, <laughs> cool. Keep bringing up the, the when you were twelve thing. So your classmate suggested you do this, and I mean, were you scared at first? Were you intrigued? Had you watched it growing up? I think I had no idea what. I was in for okay. like I watched it a little bit in the Olympics 
But I was never like one of those kids that, you know, like there's a lot of kids growing up that are like, I wanna go to the Olympics, that's what I want. I wanna win a gold medal at like four years old. And I was never like that, not super into sports. So yeah, like I was kind of just along for the ride. I was like, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Uh huh. And then yeah, like 11 years later, I'm still here. Well, what got you hooked? <laughs> um, it was just so fun. Like, you know, it's like a literally a frozen water slide. <laughs> it's like, if I could do this for the rest of my life, it'd be awesome. Cause it's like, you're living out your childhood. Actually, maybe they should do that at Wisconsin Dells in the winter. Just turn some of those water slides. Yeah, you think they would. Yeah, you would think they would. But uh, is there, is it adrenaline or you say fun? I mean, it, it, yeah, is it, it is adrenaline. Like I'm not an adrenaline junkie. Like I wouldn't go skydiving, I don't think, but it's not like anything else in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. You obviously started off doing it as sort of a hobby, but do you remember the moment where you were like, no, this is gonna be what I'm doing professionally? Yeah, I was like, uh, it was a couple of years later and I was sitting at the start handles at my first junior world championships in Norway. And I was like, oh, I'm here, okay. Yeah, like, I guess I'll keep going. <laughs> like, you know, that's like when it clicked for me and I remember that and just sitting there and it was like, it was dark because it's Norway in January. And I was, they like called my name and I was just like, okay, wow, yeah, like this is it, okay. I could go to the Olympics. <laughs> and and so from that moment on, there's been no second guessing it. There's, I mean. Not really, like I think maybe if I got into it later and I already kind of was like, yeah, I know what I'm gonna do. I wanna be a doctor or something, then I yeah. would maybe like see something else, but I just love it. So for people who don't get what luge is, how would you explain it to them? I always have a really hard time answering that question. I mean, you're on your back, feet first, and you're going down like a frozen tube on a sled with really sharp seals. Like it's fast, it's really fun. We hit a lot of G-forces that like push our self into the ice, into our sled. It's really cool. Most people don't know what luge is though. So like I have the conversation like, oh, do you know what bobsled is? Most people know what bobsled is. So then I say, okay, it's like that, but different. Yeah, have you ever thought about doing bobsled or is that sort of a, a dirty no, question to ask like, someone who does luge? I can't talk that bad about bobsled because my boyfriend is an Olympic bobsledder. Okay, but yeah, yeah. Is that the only reason you can't talk bad about bobsled? I would say, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's different. Like uh -huh. you're sitting up so you feel different. Like on, it, on a luge sled, you have such a good feel for everything. Like you're in complete control. You're not like a 500 pound train going down the track, you right. know, like it's just you and you're, it, it's all on you, you know? And from a physical standpoint, what do you need to do? I mean, I think your average viewer may look at someone doing luge and be like, ah, oh, you just lie on your back, pretty easy. But what do yeah. people not understand about the physical uh, aspect of so it? So many people watch it and they're like, oh, you're just laying there. Like you don't do anything. What, do you, what are you doing on the sled? And we're in complete control. So like you would know if we're not doing anything because it would look really bad. We would be crashing, you know, um, when you are really comfortable and you are sliding well, it should look like you're not doing anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And how do you steer? Like, I mean, there's no, obviously there's no steer, there's no brakes on the thing. No right? brakes, but we can steer with our feet on like those curved things are called kufins. Kufins. Yeah, it's okay. a German word. Yeah, you can steer with your feet pushing in. Our handles have control. We can push in with our shoulders and roll our heads. Okay, so it's a, it's a lot of nuance though in, mm -hmm. in the body. It's like small, a lot of small Little movements. Little tiny movements, like, you know, you wouldn't even notice like if I was sitting there and I was like, okay, like I'm steering with my hand right now. 
mm. and you wouldn't notice the difference. And is it, so do you have to have like a very strong core or what, what, like what, when you working out to stay in shape for this, what do you have to focus on? We do a lot of lifting, like Olympic lifts and like just trying to get overall strength. I do a lot of Pilates like personally because core strength does really help because you're holding yourself up and there's tracks where we hit like nine G forces and you can't hold your head up and you know, like you have to hold, you're holding your feet and your head up the whole time. So you do need a strong core, strong, like, you know, power through your hips, stuff like that. When you say nine G-forces, what, what do you mean by that for people who so are So one G-force is like 10 times your body weight or something. It's basically just pressure pushing on your body. Uh -huh. And so there's tracks and some curves because of how the curves work. If they're a sharper turn, you're gonna hit more pressure. So there's tracks where you can like lose your head, we call it which means you physically can't hold your head up against the pressure anymore. And we wear a strap that goes like around our hip, our legs, and then it straps onto our helmet. So our head doesn't hit the ice Got when it. that happens. Well, and speaking <laughs> of head hitting the ice, is there, uh, does this take a toll on your body? Definitely. I'm actually just coming off a concussion right now. Oh, geez. Um, from like a little crash in Russia a few weeks ago. But a lot of us have neck problems because of that like pressure holding our heads up and yeah, like shoulders because our starts can be really hard on our shoulders. And then like the overall wear and tear of like smashing walls going 85 miles per hour. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So how fast do you get going down there? It depends. Like here in Park City, 75 maybe. Park City is one of the fastest tracks, but we were just in Russia. We were hitting like over 80 from women's start. Wow. The men are hitting like 85. I mean, that brings up another point though. You get to uh, travel the world doing this. Did I mean, did you ever think you'd be doing that when you were 12 first starting off? Not really, no. I had traveled a little bit growing up. My great grandfather had a house in Austria and it's cool because I've actually, I have a photo of me when I was a kid up on a mountain and you can actually see the track in Germany behind me. Oh, wow. Like at, in the valley, it's like really cool. So. It is. It has brought me back to some places that I traveled growing up, and brought me to a lot of cool new places. And what is the like? What's the dream for you? I think like going to the Olympics would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like that's it's kind of like everyone's goal. We see our lives in four-year increments because that's the quad. I didn't think I was going to be here ten years ago, so every day I'm just happy to be around. You know? Yeah. A lot of people think, you know, any of these Olympic sports, they just think you're only competing in the Olympics. But what is, what is your day in, day out life look like when it's not Olympic time? Yeah, like we compete on in World Cup and World Championships every single year. So, yeah, like you said, a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot going on other than the games every four years. So we train all summer. Uh, we have a start house in Lake Placid, New York. It's like an indoor ramp with ice on it. So we can pull starts all winter or all summer long. And then, you know, we train five days a week doing starts, lifting. We play a lot of like team games. So like volleyball, we all get together just to like kind of hang out. And then in the winter time, it's like nonstop. So every week we're in a new place. We have, you know, we travel Monday, we train for two days, we get our sleds ready for World Cups. We have World Cups Friday, Saturday, Sunday, travel again to the next place. So it's, it's pretty nonstop. And it is an individual sport, like you're the only one going down, but you keep bringing up the team, you know, how much does that team dynamic play into your individual performance? Yeah, so there is singles and doubles. Uh -huh. So I only do singles. There are a handful of athletes that do doubles, so they do have their teammate. 
but we are part of a big team. So it is good to have a good relationship, I think, with everyone and like know when to leave each other alone and know when like maybe someone needs to be checked in on and you know, that kind of thing. I think we have a good team dynamic because we actually hang out and spend time together and stuff. It's cool. And then also at the same time, some of your teammates are your biggest competitors. So that can be. Oh yeah, what's like, that like? Yeah, I mean, who's like, your biggest competitor on the team? I mean, I don't know. Like, Call them out, you know, <laughs> let's make it weird. <laughs> so like Summer and Emily are older and more experienced. They've been to Olympics before. And then there's like Ashley and I who have been coming up and Ashley and I started together here in Park City the same day. Uh -huh. Her and I now are on this level and we're competing against each other like all the time. So she's probably my biggest competitor, but we are really back and forth. And now how do you handle the competition, keep it healthy competition and not get torn yeah, down? Yeah, like so caught up in the moment. It yeah. can be hard. I think everyone has to learn themselves like how to deal with it and when they need to be alone or when they need to be like, okay, wait, no, I'm out of line. I got to step back and figure out how to fix this, you know? Yeah. We, we have sports psychs and all, you know, this and that, all these resources. So that helps a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Because it is hard. It is hard. I mean, is that something where you like sit down and you talk, is it like normal therapy? I mean, I've never been to like regular therapy, but with a sports psych, it's kind of like, cause the coaches will sometimes be like, hey, why did you have that one good race? What did you do differently that day? Or why are you sliding so well? Is it cause you don't care about racing? Is it cause you're, you don't have pressure for a race? Like if we're just training for a week somewhere. So like to the sports psych, you could be like, yeah, the coach said, I don't care, you know? <laughs> and she's like, well, it's not that. It's not not caring. It's just, you can present yourself differently and, Stuff kind of like that. Or what can you do if you feel really anxious or stressed about a race, you know? Because sometimes you're more nervous other weekends than another or every track around the world is different. So you could be struggling and struggling physically or mentally with the track, you know? Yeah, especially mentally. I mean, you're, you're going at such high, you just said, you know, like 9G or something like that, 85 miles an hour. And all your movements are very minimal yeah. so it's like there's so much going on in your head right mm -hmm. so yeah. how do you deal with that we always say like the sport's like 95 percent mental because that's terrifying to me <laughs> yeah it is a little scary but yeah like everyone deals with it differently like meditation or this or that to just try to like get out of their head and maybe like disassociate a little bit you yeah. know because it can be hard and then you have coaches that are stressed about sled work because we do all, we build our own sleds custom. Right. So if something breaks, we have to fix it. You can't just buy a new set of skis, you know? It is all mental and it is scary, but you kind of learn how to deal with it. What, what do you do? What are your tips? I mean, like I try to get really comfortable on tracks. So knowing the lines without having to think about them and the, by lines, I guess I say every curve has an ideal line mm -hmm. and you want to steer a certain way in a certain area to get that line. And it's hard to be like inactive with your brain because you want to be like, okay, when I get here, I need to steer here. And when I feel this, I need to do this. And sometimes it's better to just say, I'm just going to feel it and let my body like muscle memory do it, you know? Yeah. Do you ever get midway through a track and think you're on a different track? No, no, but but there are some tracks that, or if you're like newer somewhere and yeah. you just get lost and you're like, I don't know what curve I'm in. I just have to guess. Yeah, It yeah. happened a lot when I was younger that I'm like, okay, or I had to count the curves because it can be, some curves like look exactly the same and it can be confusing. 
Okay. And when you're learning like 10 different tracks in a year, it can be really tough. Yeah, seriously. Because I, I mean, I just think sometimes I'm on I-94 and I think I'm on 45. Yeah. You know, it's kind of... Miss so, your exit. Yeah, miss miss a whole lot. Yeah, I think you're in the wrong city. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why this is... Uh, I couldn't imagine doing it. Do you get... You know how in baseball or golf you can get the yips and like just... Have you heard of that? No. You, just, you basically can't hit anymore or you can't hit the ball or it always goes left or something. Is there oh, anything yeah. like that in I mean, like... Sometimes you, you make the same mistake over and over again and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do differently or like everything you do to fix a problem doesn't work. And sometimes like, you know, you just have to take a day off and be like, okay, I need to not think about it. I need to kind of like letting my body do it because, you know, like we've been doing this for so long that sometimes we forget to trust ourselves. And you kind of like lose faith that you know what you're doing. So there's sometimes that like a race that I'm sitting at the handles and I'm like, you know what you're doing. Why are you stressed out? You made it this far. You yeah. Know? That's that imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. Though, yeah. Right. Yeah. You have that? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all have that to a certain yeah. degree. And I mean, how do you deal with it? You just many as many times as you can down the course or? Whatever? Yeah, we take as many, a lot of runs, but during a World Cup week, we are capped out at like five training runs. Oh, really? You which can... is, yeah, which is like nothing. If we were training just like for a training week, we would take at least five runs a day. Oh, wow. And then so there's weeks we only get five runs a whole week. So part of the game then is to just memorize the track quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of videos on YouTube of people taking like GoPros down. So oh, okay. sometimes people do that or they watch like old World Cup footage from like, you know, the live stream or whatever, you know, and just to learn the curves as much as you can before you go somewhere for the first time. So you're not getting there and you're like, I don't know what curve goes left or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would, would you ever try a different uh sport do you think would you do the skeleton where you go face first down the thing i don't think so like skeleton kind of has that stereotype of it being like really easy because really because head first <laughs> does not that seems so uh, it is the safest of the three sports how and it's the slowest oh it's slower and it's the least technical okay um well when you put it that way it's yeah. the safest because their sleds don't move the same way with a luge sled it moves it's really flexible like a little movement does a lot okay. and on a skeleton sled they don't have a lot of control on their sled got you bobsled they drive with like little rings okay. that move the front of the sled, so they have more control than that but it's also a tank so you know like the reaction time is different on a bobsled than on a luge sled mm -hmm. gotcha i'm not like a sprinter though so i wouldn't i wouldn't want to to try another <laughs> dry bobsled or skeleton i don't think competitively yeah that's that's a whole other yeah like the start is a whole different thing for them the start is important in luge you can lose a race at the start you can get yourself on the right track to winning a race at the start uh -huh. but with bobsled if i tried to do bobsled and i had i can't sprint i would never do well yeah you know yeah, right well you find the thing that fits you that yeah uh, exactly yeah, yeah. hey there folks Valentine's Day is coming up, and what better way to impress your lover than with an old-fashioned made with a jolly good Sour Power soda. You know, you get a Sour Power floater on top, and then, uh, well, I was going to make a frisky joke right there, but you know, kids are listening. But you get the idea. Jolly good. A real good soda for a real good time. Happy Valentine's Day. And speaking of Valentine's Day, this is your last reminder. If you want to get something 
uh, that says, I love you for your special someone. We got 15% off all Watch Out For Deer merch over there on mandwalkminute.com. So check it out real quick once. Finally, folks, I wanna thank Duluth Trading Company for sponsoring our video content and this podcast. They made an absolutely incredible trip out of us going to Park City and being able to hang out with uh, USA Luge and uh, setting up me going down this course. Uh, I joked that I almost died and uh, actually that wasn't much of a joke, but it was also the time of my life. So I wanna thank them for being a great sponsor of the Cast. Uh, also, their clothes are fantastic, especially in these cold winter months. So check them out. And uh, okie dokes, that's the deal. Back to the Cripes cast. Do you get back to Wisconsin much or did you kind of born and raised there and then you haven't been back much? Yeah, I try to get back like anytime I have a week off, either like to Park City or to Wisconsin. Every year for the 4th of July, I'm there Mm -hmm. because we usually have a week off of training. And so I try to go there. My brother comes out and we just all hang out at the lake and stuff. So you still have a lake house there, still have family there? Yeah, all my family is there except my parents that are here. So, um, yeah, my Nana used to live on Pine Lake. Oh, yeah. And then um, I did. I fixed some docks on Pine Lake. Oh, nice. Yeah, my aunt still lives there. So we try to get over there. My uh, my Nana moved away. So she lives like right off Lac LaBelle. But okay. it's like, like literally across the street. So yeah, right. Yeah, we try to get out on the lake as much as we can. Nice. What do you miss about uh, Wisconsin when you're uh, doing this all the time? Um, food. Yeah, favorite you know? Wisconsin food. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. It's and now the tough questions are coming. Out. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, my my boyfriend is from upstate New York, so he had never had Culver's. So like, oh, that was a big thing going yeah. to Culver's. Um, what did he get? Uh, like double butter burger with Did you advise bacon. him? Did yeah. you tell him what? Except he do? doesn't get cheese curds. He oh, he, just does, gets, he, he doesn't get, like, he doesn't physically order them or he doesn't get the He doesn't the order concept. them, and then he thinks that he's going to eat all of mine. But oh. like, So like, he gets of, some, he just doesn't order them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, like, good root beer um, there. I don't know. Like, I the, I used to go to the Kilty all the time in Oconomowoc, yeah. driving. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like just good coffee, like always going to like Stone Creek, Collectivo, mm-hmm. that that whole thing. My brother always drags me into Sobelman's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you had one of those Bloody Marys? Um, Not like the one with the chicken on it. You got to get the one with the chicken on it. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's... It's a little daunting. Though. It is very daunting. You got to be in the mood for like an entire uh, meal to get hammered on top of it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think about like where we always go to eat. My cousin's husband, it'll be like 9.30 at night, and we always, like, make the drive to the Kilty, mm-hmm. you know, get some good custard and all of that. Yeah, I eat so much cheese and drink beer and all that when I'm there. Um, you've had the privilege of going around the world. Is there something that you think the rest of the world could borrow from Wisconsin? Cheese curds. Okay, good start. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, they do have, like, good cheese around the world, but they don't have cheese curds. Better deep frying, probably, Yeah, you know? They just don't have the beer batter down. No, that's a tough one, you yeah. know? It's kind of like Lucia, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of nuance in it. Exactly, and you gotta do it right. Yeah, and if you do, do a little too much of this, you can go ass over tea kettle pretty quick. Yeah, and like, everyone loves German beer, but I just, you know, it's not as good as Wisconsin beer. Mm-mm. No, I'm glad you're, uh, do you tell them that in Germany? Well, like, my friends will be like, this is the best beer in Germany. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, this this kind of sucks. Favorite beer? 
Um, I love the raspberry tart from New Glarus. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a wow, big Wow, I've never person. heard anybody say that one you, before. I yeah, I love it. And then I don't know that the um, serendipity is really good. Mm -hmm. I'm I do like sours, but you know, like spotted cow is good too. Yeah, cool. Yeah. What's the What's the one question that nobody has ever asks you about luge that you would wish they'd ask? Oh man. I don't even know. A lot of people don't really ask like if it's that fun. Is it that fun? It is fun. Yeah. It, that's kind of why we do it. You're addicted. If it wasn't fun, no one would still be around. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it, how long do you see yourself continuing to do it? I don't know. Like, I think I, I'll know when I'm done. I think, you know, mm -hmm. I'll have that feeling. But right now, like, I just hope that I can keep going for a long time. I'm hoping that Salt Lake gets the Olympics Winter Games another time, and then I can, like, finish my career out at home. I think oh, that would be, be cool. really cool. It's nice to put that out there. You think it's going to happen? Well, the, like, there's a lot of people that want it to happen because our facilities are so good and the Olympics cost so much, you know? And, yeah. Like, people don't – people, like, think, like, oh, well – Russia spent eight billion dollars on the games, but like a lot of the infrastructure is already here. Yeah, yeah. But and they paid a bunch of people off in Russia too. There's <laughs> a lot of that going on. Yeah. yeah. They a lot of people also don't want it to come back to Utah. So why? Um, I mean, like from an environmental standpoint, I can understand. What is the environmental standpoint? Well, the Olympics are horrible for the environment. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you just you're do, you like come a into a place and you like take people out of their homes and you build up these facilities and sometimes they never get used again. Um, but wouldn't that make sense from an environmental standpoint to, to do like it bring it back? Like, yeah. yeah. And like people think that Sundance is enough here and there's enough tourists and that we don't need another Olympics. Mm, okay. But if you think about it from like, yeah, I think like I do a lot of work with like protect our winters and like I'm a big climate activist and I think that the answer to making the Olympics more friendly to the environment is to bring them back to places they've already been. What drove you to be uh, environmentally active? I like, I mean, ever since I was little, I'd be like, you don't recycle, you know? Um, what was the thing when you were a kid? I don't that... even know where it came from that like my grandma didn't recycle cans and I freaked out. Oh, did you? But yeah, I mean, like as I've gotten older, I've seen the changes that are happening around the world, especially traveling to the same places every year for the last, you know, seven years. Seeing the difference of winters in Germany in 2015 versus now. We used to have snow races four times a year where we got snowed out or had to knock the amount of runs down in the race. And then now the amount of rain races we have are crazy in December and January, you know? So like yeah. seeing that impact around the world has driven me to kind of push for change. Mm -hmm. Do you think when you're done with Luge that that's where your career would take you? I think so. Moment? I haven't finished college yet because it's kind of impossible when you're traveling all winter long, but I'll probably, you know, kind of go into environmental engineering or something like that with like renewable resources. Do uh, people back home in Wisconsin, your family back home in Wisconsin, are they receptive to that sort of thing? Or do you have a lot of awkward Thanksgiving conversation? No, my family is really good. Um, my grandma, she lives in Florida now and I've got- She recycling cans now? Well, <laughs> last time I was there, I was like, where's your recycling? She's like, we don't recycle here. And I was like, yeah, you do. Like I see- <laughs> You the, do this week, grandma. <laughs> I've seen the bins outside. Oh, and okay. she's like, well, you know, so. My mom was just like, I don't know what you thought would happen when yeah. she came here. 
So yeah. I think everyone's kind of getting better. Yeah, slowly but surely. Yeah. What advice would you have for somebody who's thinking of getting into the luge game themselves? I think to only stick with it if you really love it. And if you feel like you, you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of kids that stick around because their parents want them to stick with it and commit to something. But, you know, like do what makes you happy. And if you love it, then follow through with it and commit commit yourself. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Any um, advice for me before I go down the uh, hill tomorrow? You're going to be fine. Just don't put your feet down. I thought I was supposed to steer with my feet. Don't put them on the ice. Well, how am I supposed to? Just heels? Heel down? No, you don't push your feet down at all. I thought I was supposed to steer, so just nothing? No, you steer by pushing it, not putting it on the ground. Okay, I'm more confused now. I think I'm just going to... When you when you start to go uphill, then you can put your feet down to stop. I didn't know there was a... Oh, the, the uphill when I when finish. When you like, come up to the finish line, you okay. go uphill. Then I can put them up to stop. Yeah, put them down. Okay, put them down. Right. Ah, I'm so screwed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. Okay, cool. If if twelve year old me can do it, so can you. You know, you say that that honestly doesn't make me feel any better. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, will be fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. Oh, you said you brought something. Yeah. Can can we see what this is? First of all, thanks for the gift. Jeez. Oh yeah. You know, I'm so inadequately we got some prepared. Stuff. Okay. Should have brought you something. Now I'm going to feel bad about this. Oh my gosh, you brought so much. Okay, so pin trading, big thing at the Olympics. Okay. These are going to be the pins that the team trades at the games in Beijing wow. in, in February. That's awesome. Um, Can I put it on now or is yeah. that not okay? Yeah, go If ahead. I keep it in the plastic, will it like go for more money? Um, down, probably like, not. Down? Okay, I'm opening it. I, I would lose it anyway before I, if I didn't like have it on myself. So mm -hmm. this is the best bet. I'll wear it uh, tomorrow for good luck. Yeah, do it. All right. Hopefully I don't fall and this pin hits me in the heart. But, you know, <laughs> it won't go that deep, you know. That's really nice. Oh, no. There we go. All right. Got it right there um, on my Duluth shirt. Look at that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we got some T-shirts. This is a loose shirt. And this is actually my team art oh, shirt. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Um, Look at that. Wow. Oh, I like what you did with the Team USA there. Mm -hmm. Did you design that? Yeah, my teammate helped me. And then I drew the it. The one you're super competitive with? <laughs> no, Emily. Oh. Would you ever one. let the other one help you design your shirt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. She's my friend. I know she's your friend, but you never know. That's really cool. Yeah, and That's then awesome. this is a USA Luge shirt. And then this is a Duluth wow. USA Luge sweatshirt. Oh, sweet. This we is great. You. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Wow. Oh we my gosh. Wow. And I'm going to give you a hug since I have nothing else to offer. Thanks so much. Thank you. That's fun. Really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, no all right. Problem. I'll wear this tomorrow for good luck. Yeah. And I appreciate all the advice. Yeah. And, um, you know, go Packers. Yeah. Go Packers. Go Bears. Oh, wow. Did we get that on? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Perfect way to end it. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cast. Make sure you follow Team USA in the Olympics for the next couple, two, three weeks. Follow Brittany on socials. That's at Brittany Arndt, at B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-A-R-N-D-T. And also make sure you follow the Cast at Cast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, the next time you're losing, uh, just remember, watch out for deer. Okay, they, they've been known to, to get on the luge course themselves. Okay, you know, if they get 
in that rut. Uh, no luge course is going to stand between them and their potential mate. All right. So remember that as your illusion. All right. Real good. See you next week. Tell your folks I says hi. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you got to keep her moving. 